Hi, and welcome to episode 27 of the TDR Now podcast, the first English-speaking podcast focusing on Tokyo Disney Resort, and we're coming to you directly from Japan. You can find us at tdrexplorer.com, also on Twitter at tdrexplorer, and also on Facebook, facebook.com slash tdrexplorer. I'm your host, Chris, the chief content editor for TDR Explorer, and I'm always the one eating all the seasonal food at the resorts, or at the resorts, at the resort. There's only one resort. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, at Lover, And also joining me, my always lovely co-host, Patricia. Hey guys, you can find me waiting five hours in line for an RTD bucket and then giving up after an hour and a half. You can find me at Dream Sweets Love on Twitter. Um, so, <laughs> Chris, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, first we're going to be talking about um, you waiting in line for a really long time for a popcorn bucket that you never got. <laughs> 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 and then we're also going to talk about other stuff that happened um, recently at the resort. And then we're going to talk about our crowd forecast and we're going to briefly go over New Year's at the resort. Yay. It's very short, so there's not a lot to cover, but we're going to talk about it anyway. And then we're going to continue our Tokyo Disney Resort 101 segment. And this time we're going to talk about how many days you should spend at the resort. You should spend so... all the days. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll give you practical advice. <laughs> yeah, we will. And then also we have our park tips and our listener questions and then we'll give you a brief teaser as to what we're going to talk about on the next episode but before we get to that we gotta do this episode <laughs> <laughs> so news patricia we got news oh, news 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 we do have news hold on oh you know <laughs> i totally threw you under the bus you weren't supposed to do the breakdown of topics that's okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> okay we do have news Okay, we've got um, monorails everywhere, uh, starting from uh, January 12th through March 18th. We have two different decorated monorails this time, Chris. Two. Not two. just one, but two. <laughs> and one is particularly awesome. And that is um, the first, is it the first, right? Duffy-themed monorail. I think so. I I've think never, it is. I don't think we've ever had one before. No, and this monorail looks awesome okay so usually you know what they do for the monorail decorations is they'll put like they'll slap a sticker on the outside and some stickers on the inside like on the roof and on like you know the walls and everything and on the doors and that's it but this time we've got um besides the of course the inner and outer decorations we have the little handlebars depending on what car you're in it'll be like little gelatoni handlebars or duffy or shelly may and they look adorable. And then even the seats 
um, look uh, soft. They're, they're going to put like soft covers over the seats. So even that's going to be like super duper cute. And they're going to have a giant doppy at Resort Gateway Station on display. We are spoiled. <laughs> it's insanity. It's so, so cute. Good idea. OLC. And yeah, I think I think the um, uh, handles are going to be probably the best part because oh my gosh. I don't know. I just I love when they decorate the handles, like when they do it for Christmas with the little Santa hats. I love those. They're going all out this time. It looks really, really great. Mm hmm. And then also we're getting uh, they're they're going to have uh, sweet Duffy monorail passes as well true we're also going to have a frozen monorail with elsa and anna and olaf and marshmallow and that is so okay i forgot to mention so the monorail that is going to be duffy is going to be the pink monorail and then the duffy that's going to be frozen is going to be the blue monorail if you're trying to catch those and usually now they make an announcement at the station They'll be like, oh, the Duffy monorail's coming next or something like that. Or, or the Elsa monorail is not running today or something. So they'll give you a heads up on which one is coming, which is cool. Well, that's nice. So you're not guessing? Yeah, totally. And they'll give you the time that it's coming and everything. That's cool. So we have kind of an interesting <laughs> development. Um you know, at Disneyland, there was a big uh, new area that was opening up, and it kind of got overshadowed by one little tiny product, which caused a craze at the resort. Chris, do you wanna do you wanna talk about that? Well, first, I'm gonna say you're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I gave up. I gave up. Uh, so, for to celebrate the release of the new star wars movie the force awakens uh we got a r2d2 popcorn bucket which was released on the 18th and like patricia said it kind of caused a a craze at at tokyo disneyland and the wait got up to uh five hours which is ridiculous for a popcorn bucket i just i can't even popcorn fathom like, like i was looking at the uh, photos you were posting, Patricia, and that's just crazy. <laughs> I don't even know what happened. I don't even, I don't know if OLC, OLC, you know, here's the thing. They partially knew what they were doing. I don't think they thought it was going to get to five hours. I really don't think they did. But they knew that there was going to be a long line and they knew that people were going to be tweeting about it and talking on social media and they were going to do like a oh look it's so popular you know you should come to Tokyo Disneyland and buy it and that's why they had it only at one location you know so they probably thought oh worse it's going to be two hours which is what I was thinking you know and I went in the morning and I forgot my annual pass and I'm like oh nuts so I went back home I came back again and I'm like oh whatever I got time and I get in the line and the girl's like oh it's three hours and I'm like yeah whatever sure it is and um i got i got on the i got in the line in front of star tours and i after an hour and a half that's the first picture i sent you chris on twitter 
And then an hour and a half later, I was in front of Space Mountain. And that's when I realized this is not going to be an hour or two hour line. This is not even going to be a three hour line. There is no way that this is three hours. And sure enough, I came back later in the day to see if it had changed or anything. And they had updated the time to five hours. <laughs> I mean, really, people, you know, and really, OLC, you can't be more organized you know, and have it open at least in another location or at least have one section selling the pop, the buckets without any popcorn, which is, I'm sure, how most people were buying it. But you would see them and they'd be rolling a, a cart of them over and there was no way that was enough, you know. You, you could be rolling carts all day that, like, that they're so friggin' unorganized, you know. It was, it was a nightmare, you know. And there was people, ev you saw the picture, there was people everywhere. And, okay, I know they're having staffing issues, but really, Chris, in the big shot that I sent you where you can see the, the entirety of the line, how many um, guest control did you see? Uh, not that many. Yeah, zero. So they had somebody at the front of the line. They had somebody around the walkway where Space Mountain was leading to Star Tours to tell people, hey, the line's over here. And that was all I saw. That was huh. it for guest control. So it was, it was, I'm not going to say the word on a podcast, but ridiculous. <laughs> and in the end, you didn't get the bucket. No, I was not going to wait five hours for a popcorn bucket. I'm sorry. I had things to do that day. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently other people didn't. <laughs> Apparently not. And the line cut for that was at 6 p.m. Huh. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's crazy. And yeah, so that overshadowed a new area that opened <laughs> up at Tokyo Disneyland. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Jungle Carnival? Yeah. Looks cute. So it has uh, like Jungle Book themed uh, shopping area. Is that is that open as well? I I don't know. I, I didn't go. I gave up after mm. the popcorn bucket fiasco. I'm like I'm out of here. I went. I brought my son because um, we went to go see Force Awakens. So I brought him before the movie. We rode Star Tours because there was no wait because everyone was in line for the popcorn bucket. And uh, we went to the movie and then we rode Star Tours again and then we went home. You know. So, I mean, the movie was super fun. Not going to talk about it. Don't worry. But, um, <laughs> you know, um, so I'll say one thing. Like, so in Japan, what was really cool is for the first showing, um, the first public showing, obviously, they showed it at the same time throughout the entire country. And you, you know, you, they did a countdown. And that was like, it was so, it was so smart because it created like this sense of community, you know. So I thought that was really cool. And the goods, really fun goods. We, we bought a ton of goods. Because, um, you know, it's kind of like, it's like an event, you know? But not the popcorn bucket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving along. Okay, so carnival area. Um, they have, like, right now these little cushions, which are okay. I mean, it doesn't blow me away yet, but you know they're going to get, like, more and more new stuff um, as, you know, as the seasons change and everything. And the games look super fun. On pictures, I didn't. I didn't go in person yet because I gave up. I gave up on the whole day after that. <laughs> you know, um, that's great. The design is really nice, right? Mm-hmm. Did you play, Chris? No, I haven't played yet. I plan on it though. 
Um, like for the carnival game though, like I didn't check this, but are they offering like is it kind of similar to uh, Disney Sea in the Arabian Coast? Um, for that kind of game. Yeah. So of course there's pins available, and I'm guessing there's going to be a rainy rainy day pin. I haven't checked yet. And uh, the prizes are cushions, so they might change that to plush later. I'm not sure. Like compared to when Disney Sea first started their carnival game area, uh, I feel like the prizes are not as good. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure they'll change and adjust as they go. Yeah, they're probably just feeling it out to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And they probably wanted to do something a little different, which I can totally understand. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to have to go and check that out within probably the next week or so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, another... Um, <laughs> yeah. Another interesting thing that we've heard or we saw online or whatever. It was all over the news. Yeah. I had yeah, a bunch of kids all... at the house and they started freaking out. They're like, hey, what? And they're like, is that real? And I go, I don't know. I don't understand everything they said, but it seems like it, it might be. <laughs> My kids were freaking out. So, Chris, what was it? It's, uh, it's not an announcement. It's not for sure. It's just in talks. Yeah, this is this is nothing official or anything like that. So don't don't get too excited. But uh, the mayor of a city in Okinawa wants to open a Disney resort down there and it's they wanted to take or to replace one of the u.s bases that are that's down there and for those of you don't who don't know where okinawa is okinawa is the southern islands of japan so as far south as you can get in japan uh it's a very like a very tropical area of japan good weather all the time you know i can see it totally I don't know because I'm thinking of the weather down there in terms of like um, all the hurricanes and stuff that go through typhoons. No, they'll be fine. That go through. That's like one time a year, you know. <laughs> it, I yeah. think it'll be good, you know. And, and Disney, they build really strong, like so. I think it'll be totally fine. Hmm. In Miami, can survive it. Okinawa can survive it. They've been surviving typhoons for a long, long, long time, and they know how to build for them, so. It's not like over here when we get like a minor typhoon and like people freak out, you know, but they, <laughs> they know, they know what to do and they're prepared. So I think that would be okay. You know, like just like Florida, Florida, we have hurricane season, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, occasionally we'll get some damage, you know, but usually we're, we're pretty good. So I'm sure they'll, they'll know what to do for that. And what they're talking about that's so interesting is that I guess... I don't know the whole story. I have to read about it more, but I guess Universal wanted to open something that was more like um, like an ecological park or something. And I think, I'm not sure if it was that the plans fell through or that maybe they wanted, uh, I think what happened was that the plans fell through and then they were kind of like checking out the Disney side. So I wonder what they would build there. If it would be instead of more of like a theme park, it would be something more to do with like a nature preserve or something which would be really nice. Interesting indeed. <laughs> I guess we will we'll have to wait and see with what happens. I so want to go. I want to go to Okinawa in general, but if they had a Disneyland, I would be on a plane like 
<laughs> right away. It'd be really strange if Japan ended up with two Disney resorts. They should. I would think. They should. We don't have that much space over here. So, yeah, build it in Okinawa. Beautiful weather, <laughs> friendly people. You know, it's really a gorgeous, gorgeous place. I guess, I guess we'll see. <laughs> All right. So, Chris, I think that's it for the news. Um, what's going on with the crowds? Crowds, crowds, crowds. Um, we get our crowd forecast information from TDR Navi. So you can head on over there and use them to help you decide when to visit the resort and see when the crowds are busy, when they're not busy, all that fun stuff. So for right now, we're going to be looking at um, after Christmas all the way through after New Year's. So at the resort at both Disneyland and Disney Sea, from December 26th until January 2nd, it's going to be busy. Busy, busy, busy. And that's because everyone's on holidays and New Year's is one of the biggest holidays in Japan. So Everyone's off. Everyone's off work, school, going on vacation. You name it, people are out doing it. So, And that means a lot of people at the resort, so it's going to be busy. But the nice thing, once New Year's is over and everyone goes back to school, back to work, the parks are rather quiet after that. And that's when we kind of start getting into, I guess, the, the lower season, so to speak. Because, you know, it's cold and people just finished going on vacation and all that stuff. So not a lot of people are going to the resort. So that's why um, they start giving us events like Anna and Elsa, Sweet Duffy, and Tower Terror Level 13 to get people to come to the resort. And yeah, that's pretty much it for the crowd forecast. It's really short this time. <laughs> are you going to go for New Year's, Chris? Um, probably not this year. I went last year and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But I'm probably not going to go this year. I'm going to, I'm going to do something different with friends. Oh, 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 you mean like, okay. No, no. I mean like, like the, um, the other days. New Year's program. Oh, <laughs> I totally <laughs> you. Sorry. Sorry. I, for a second, I, I, I thought you meant like going for like the New Year's party. What party? I, at the resort. What? There's a party? The the New Year's the over I'm I'm, I'm messing with you, Chris. <laughs> the the New Year's countdown. Yes. Minus the party. Okay. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. I'm still I'm really bitter about that. Cause those parties were incredible. You know? That's alright. You don't need to pay money to go spend a day at the park in the middle of the night. For a yeah, that's ticket. true. Because there's no party. Okay, so, but, even though there's no more countdown party, um, you can still play overnight at the resort. Actually, um, Chris did a really great article, and he has it on the website and says, you know, it talks about everything that goes on, and how, you know, like, what the night is like, and, and what it's like to play overnight at the resort. And, um... Uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, what's going to go on for the New Year's program at Tokyo Disney Resort, which uh, runs from January 1st to the 5th. 
I personally recommend going on the later days. But if you go on the first day, you get to see the ambassador, which is really cool. And they do like the whole ambassador introduction and everything, which is nice. Um, there's special merchandise, there's food, um, different greetings at Disneyland and Disney Sea, and of course decorations. So, uh, Chris, what kind of decorations is there going to be? Well, uh, seeing as 2016 is the year of the monkey, um, monkeys are at the resort. <laughs> so at Tokyo Disneyland, um, at the entrance, we're going to have decorations with King Louie on them. Which is fitting since there's a Jungle Book themed stuff in the resort now. So that's cool. And then over at Disney Sea, we're going to have a boo, which is also fitting because we have the Arabian coast. Uh, there's no pictures or anything as of yet, so we don't know what it looks like. But I'm sure it's going to be cute. They They always seem to do a really good job with all these decorations, so... I can't wait to see it. I think it's going to be cute and fun. I like it. I'd like to go um, on the later days, around 4th and 5th, when the crowds start to drop. I find those days are a little bit easier because people are getting ready to go back to school and all those um, in their jobs. And so it's it tends to be a bit more manageable. Um, you know, uh, the food is really good. If you um, want to try the Japanese soba and you're at Disneyland, they got a version of that. With, um, what is it, the Mickey, what is the little thing, the fish cake, I think, inside of it, right? Unless they changed it this year. Uh, some really cute sweets and some souvenir cups and plates. Is there anything you have your eye on, Chris? Um, I probably have to say the uh, popcorn bucket. Oh, that's <laughs> Go right, yeah. Going back to the popcorn again. The... Um, uh, in in a Japanese, it's called daruma, which is like a little wooden doll, like a little wooden head, I guess. And so they have a popcorn bucket themed after that, and it looks like Mickey. Yeah. And it looks really cute. I I quite like it. I like it this year. I, I like the design change. And um, so if you guys don't know, uh, what, what are daruma, right? So you get them, and it's uh, there's no eye. Uh, so you fill in one eye, and then when you think of like a, a task or something that you want to accomplish, and um, you, when you finish that task, you can fill in the other eye, and the dharma is kind of like that, uh, like a talisman you can use to kind of like accomplish a goal. And um, it's kind of cool, so if you push it, it won't tip over because it, uh, it's like, I guess, balanced in the center. So it kind of like represents um, kind of like having the, what is the word? Perseverance, right? Mm -hmm. Perseverance to achieve your goals, which is kind of cool. So you can uh, you can buy a real Mickey Daruma. They sell those too. Or you can buy the popcorn bucket, which is kind of cool because you can use it for other things. You can use it for popcorn. You can use it for... Uh, stationary or something that you keep at home. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you want to use it for. But yeah, we're going to pick one up for sure this year. And which park do you prefer for greetings, Chris? Um, I'd have to say Disneyland. Mm -hmm. Mainly because you can get closer to the characters, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because at Disney Sea, it's just the, uh, the uh, greeting on the water. And they're on that... You know, that uh, float that they don't want to get rid of. 
it seems like from the 10th anniversary it's a useful float chris it's useful (laughs) (laughs) it's been how many years now get us a new one you know i like that the costumes the so of course mickey and his friends are wearing japanese traditional clothing kimono and what's really cool is that the design for Disneyland and Disney Sea is different. Um, so uh, you can check it out every year. They change it. And um, super, super duper interesting. Check out the, the patterns and look for hidden Mickeys in those kimono as well. And I think, you know, what else? What else is there, Chris? Anything else for New Year's? I think that's pretty much it. It's a pretty chill time at the resort. The first few days are pretty busy. But then it mellows out, and it's much more, um, it's much more manageable. So, do you think yeah, you should add anything? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's one of the uh, shorter, um, or is it, is it the, the, the shortest event we have? Yeah. I think it's the shortest, isn't it? It is. Because, yeah. uh, Tanabata Days is, what, two weeks? Yeah, Tanabata used to be one week. I would say Tanabata goods are still more rare because they only sell it for those two weeks. The New Year's goods, they start selling from, um, was it December? Was it, was it November? November? Oh we started in November it this started year. super early this year. So some stuff is probably already sold out, you know? So I don't know. The goods are easier to come by for New Year's in general. But uh, Tanabata, even though it's longer now... It's still the goods are much more rare. So uh, either either is really cool because it's like a Japanese holiday, and um, you have that kind of like a, a Japanese wafu style, which is really cool. So if you're looking for that, makes great souvenirs, a really unique Disney gift. Um, totally recommend the goods for these events. Fantastic. Yeah, and. Um... For those that don't know what Tanabata days are, it's one of the um, events that happens in the summer. So it's one of those uh, short, short events. Um, I think that's pretty much it for New Year's. Yeah. So like, okay, Chris. So if people are coming to the parks, whether it's New Year's or summer or any time, how many days should they stay? That's a loaded question. and we're going to discuss it in tokyo disney resort 101 (laughs) yep so how many days should you come so if you're coming all this way from north america from europe from australia new zealand wherever you are in the world you're coming over here and you want to know how many days you should go well i have the answer for you so well i have four answers for you actually so Pick one that you like the most. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you want to experience um, almost everything the parks have to offer, then coming for three or four days is pretty typical. And four days is the max amount of days you can buy a ticket for. And what happens with a four-day ticket is... Your first two days, you have to pick one park for each day. So if you go to Tokyo Disneyland on the first day, then you have to go to Disney Sea on the second day. And then uh, for the third and fourth days, you can park hop. So you can, you know, uh, go and check out all the stuff that you missed from the previous days or go do things that you really enjoyed. Uh, go, go and do them again if you want. 
So for three or four days, you can definitely do a lot at the resort. Uh, it's pretty easy if you go with a plan. You can cover quite a bit. You can uh, check out all the live shows. Uh, check out uh, whatever the uh, special event that's happening at the time, depending on the time of year that you come. Um, eat at uh, tons of different restaurants, especially at Disney Seeks. There's so many delicious options there. So if you if you plan it right and plan ahead, you can definitely see pretty much everything in three or four days. Now, you're not going to be able to do absolutely everything unless you plan, you know, to the T. But even then, it might be a little bit hard, especially um, depending on the crowd, the crowd levels. Like if it's really busy, then you're it's going to be a little bit more difficult. And then with some of the shows as well, such as Big Band Beat and One Man's Dream with the lottery system, uh, sometimes you just don't win. <laughs> I've tried the lottery the last, what, four or five times, and I've lost every single time. And I'm not usually willing to wait in the standby line. And so waiting in the standby line for those shows can eat up a lot of time. So it, it, it kind of depends on what your uh, priorities are, I guess. What do you think, Patricia? Um, no, I think, I think you're right. You know, three to four days, you can do almost everything if you're organized, you know, so just, just sit down and make a plan. It's super easy. You can do this. Okay. Get there to get there early. Use your first two hours wisely and you're done. Okay. If we can do it with a group of 10 kids and do almost everything in the park, you can do it with a smaller group for sure. Okay. And we, you know, when we did the three, the group of kids and we did it during summer, which is a nightmare. Okay. During golden week. And we did it during Obon. And if we can do it, you can totally do it. And we saw sh parades from like the front row sitting area. We did attractions. I think where we would only wait for like one or two, but mainly fast pass all the way. They didn't even have to wait in line, you know, so you can do it. You know, and if you're a Disney mania, maniac person who's listening to this podcast, you will have no problem. If you're a casual guest, I can see how it could be super confusing if you've never been to like a Disney park or something and you're like, what's a fast pass? You know, those people have an excuse, but you guys listening have no excuse, especially with the articles that Chris has written. He's written so many articles. So check those out, um, including this one, you know, um, but you know, if you only have one or two days. You know, and if you've been to a Disney park before, which you probably have if you're listening to this podcast, um, you know, some things overlap, you know, Space Mountain, um, maybe, I always like to do Big Thunder at all the parks because they're all slightly different. So maybe not that one, but you know, um, the Carousel. Splash Mountain. <laughs> Splash. No, our Splash Mountain is really good. It is. And it's never, but... the effects are always working, which is nice, you know. <laughs> and from the people that I talk to, I, I always hear really good things about ours. So they should probably write ours. But like, I don't know, Snow, Snow White, they don't have in Disney World anymore. But I think they still have in California. And I think theirs is longer than ours. But there's yeah, some stuff you can short. skip. Yeah, there's some things you can skip. So don't worry. If you've been to a Disney park and you see some things and you have to cut some things out, you have to, you know, prioritize, you know, do Winnie the Pooh, do Monsters, Inc., because those are unique to here, you know, um, 
but you know, Star Tours is the same anywhere you go. It's in Japanese here, which is kind of cool. So if you have time, do it. You know, if you don't, that's okay, right? But、mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, if you have to do one or two days, it's not going to be like terrible. You can still do a lot if you're organized. Yeah, exactly. So with doing one or two days,、um, you can't purchase a park hopper pass. So、uh, you're going to have to spend one full day at, at a park.、Um, so that's. You know,、uh, one of those things to、uh, keep in mind. And as we already mentioned, there's you're basically just going to be able to catch the highlights of the park. So,、uh, doing all the the、uh, unique things. So, like over at Disney Sea,、uh, pretty much、uh, doing Journey to the Center of the Earth, trying to see Big Ben Beat, watching whatever、uh, seasonal show is happening in the harbor, eating at、uh, like. Let's say Magellan's because I love Magellan's. You know, so you can easily catch the highlights of the parks if you only have one or two days. Because I know you're coming all this way to Japan, and more than likely, you're not going to be spending your entire time at the resort. So if you, if you only have one or two days, I wouldn't worry about it because you're going to get quite a bit done anyway. So that's good. <laughs> Okay, so what if you don't have one or two days? What if you only have a really short time frame? Like maybe you're here on a business trip, or you're here on a extended layover for whatever reason, or you just, you know, want to get away from your group for an evening or something.、Uh, you can go to the, to the parks in the evening. And that is the after six passport, which is on weekdays. And then we have the Starlight Passport, which is on weekends and holidays. And that starts at 3 p.m. And it's a slightly cheaper ticket. And it's only for one park. And with that,、uh, you can get a few things done. Usually by that time, fast passes for all the popular attractions are going to be gone.、Um, but you can still take in entertainment in the evening. And maybe get you know, a nice dinner or you know, go, go have a drink or just go to the park and just enjoy the atmosphere. There's, you know, there's、um, still things that you can do in the evening with a, with a starlight or a starlight or after six passport. There's so many different passport names, I get them confused sometimes. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> trying to think of them as I talk. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Starlight Passport, I think, is still pretty good. After six is not as good of a value as it used to be. So we haven't, it's funny because we used to use it all the time. Like we would go and,、um, like you said, pop in for dinner and a show, do a couple of like the short line attractions, you know, with a friend or something. But with the price hikes, I think. You know, if you're, go- if you're gonna do after six, I would, and if you do have time, I would just wait and just spend the entire day because you'll get more out of it, I feel. Especially those first two hours are so, so valuable. You know, so after six, I feel like it's not like the best value anymore. But Twilight Passport is still really good. I think we would still use that. Yeah, I've,、um, I've had a friend,、uh, we did it twice. We did the,、uh... Starlight Passport and after three, and we got quite a bit done. Yeah.、Uh, but, like, because it was、um, 
on the uh, weekend. So all the all the fast passes for the popular attractions were already gone, and the the wait times were rather high. But we didn't go there to ride the attractions. We went there to you know have something to eat, watch some of the shows, and just you know enjoy being there. So we were able to you know still enjoy the park without having to ride a ton of attractions. I think we rode maybe one or two. Yeah, you know, like you can surprisingly fit in a lot. You know, if you if you do stand by, like on most nights, like that it's not like a crazy busy time. Like maybe Big Thunder is 15 minutes at the end of the evening and like you, you get there like before the line cut. You know, you do dinner, you can do like a bunch of the little attractions that you don't have to wait for, like Magic or Pirates or Star Tours. You know, those always, you know, have lines that move really fast. So you can fit in quite a bit if you do like those those not so crazy attractions you know like like monsters inc or winnie the pooh you know so i mean it's still fun for sure and um if you maybe luck out depending on the weather too like if it's let's say it's really rainy and windy out in the evening a lot of people are going to leave and go home no one wants to be there when it's like that but with that said, that means the wait times for attractions are a lot lower. Uh, so the last time we did that, it was it was rainy, it was a little windy, and at around I think twenty after nine, or somewhere around there, Winnie the, uh, Winnie the Pooh, the wait time was only five minutes. Oh. <laughs> so that was really really lucky, but the weather was not that great though. So. It, it, I guess, I guess it kind of depends on what you want to get done. You have to suffer for yeah. <laughs> for short wait times. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we covered uh, a like a a typical stay for three to four days, and then we covered catching the highlights, so staying one or two days, and then just maybe getting a taste of the parks going in the evening. If you really want to experience everything, you're going to have to stay more than four days. And I know there's people out there that have done it or want to do it. Um, yeah, if you if you stay for more than four days, like let's say up to a week, which is a lot of time, you can definitely get pretty much everything that you want done. And that's if you want to, you know, really take your time and just really leisurely... You can definitely do it if you want to with seven days. <laughs> it's, it seems like a really long time to me because, well, like for me, I live here. So, you know, staying at the resort for seven days seems like quite a long time. But I can understand if someone like if if someone's coming over here and this is a trip of a lifetime and they don't know if they're ever going to be able to come back then by all means, stay for seven days and just take your time and just enjoy it. Like another thing that might be cool is if you can um, if you can plan it in between events, right? So like let's say you're staying and you're sightseeing around the city and everything, like you can do like three days, like for example, um, at the end of Halloween and then like maybe like three days after Christmas starts. You know, you could do something like that too and you split up the longer stay you get to do sightseeing around the city in between the 
the seasonal changeover and um, you get to see the different events at the park as well as the, the normal attractions would be kind of, you know, kind of cool. Like you can do it like right around this time as well, you know, catch the end of Christmas and then catch New Year's, right? Which would be really, really unique to these parks because it's a, a Japanese holiday, you know? Mm -hmm. That is a really good point that I never even thought of splitting up your days. <laughs> You can do it. And, you know, it also helps like if the weather is like consecutively bad one week, a couple of weeks later, it might be like beautiful. So if you split it up, you have a better chance of good weather as well. Yep. <laughs> okay, so I think that pretty much covers it for how many days to spend at the resort. So you can spend one evening or several days <laughs> <laughs> depending on what you want to get done and how much time you have so if you want to go more in depth we have an article up on the website i'll put a link to it in the show notes go there read everything and decide what works best for you within your budget your time frame and just how much you're willing to spend time at disney but also don't forget to check out other parts of japan because japan is awesome and beautiful and you need to see other parts of japan as well all right chris it is park tip time yay okay so we've done all this talk about new year's right uh new year's eve new year's days new year's food new year's merchandise and speaking of merchandise um in japan they have uh this kind of interesting thing you know like in the states um i don't know about canada do you guys have black friday uh recently we got black friday but we have we call it boxing day oh. which is the which is december 26th so the day after christmas boxing day is kind of when people are supposed to return stuff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from christmas or whatever but it's turned to this whole thing where it's kind of like our our version of black friday where everything's on sale and all that craziness true yeah we have we have that in the states. We call it like semi semi annual sales. Like they have it like twice a year. Yeah, yeah. What is it's really good prices. Okay, so not speaking of the 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 the, the Americas, we are moving over back to Japan. And um, in Japan, what we have instead of uh, like Boxing Day or Black Friday, there is the Lucky Bag sales, which lucky start. Bags. Yes, lucky. Have you ever bought a Lucky Bag, Chris? I have, and I don't know if I will again because, okay, <laughs> you know what I got? You know what I got? What did you get? In my lucky bag? I got leopard print tights. That's amazing. <laughs> like, uh, I'm, still, I'm still sad about that. That was two years ago, and I'm still, really, I paid, like, I think it was about $50 for this group this lucky bag uh, and it had some stuff in it that was kind of like oh that's cool but that's what stood out the most to me i'm like when am i gonna wear these but it's pretty that's pretty you know that's pretty amazing you you know you open it and you're like oh hey wow you know <laughs> there's gonna that's be some not what i was these. expecting <laughs> no but yeah so yes like chris said they can be really hit or miss because it's bags you know that you get like this really great value Right? You get a bunch of stuff for less than you would pay for in the store. But um, like Boxing Day or the semi-annual sales in the States, it's these things that they need to get rid of. 
which is why they have those sales in the first place, right? So you might get something cool, you know, that maybe nobody noticed or they just had extra stock, or you might get leopard print tights. You know, you never know. <laughs> so, um, and what does this have to do with Tokyo Disney Resort? Well, um, actually, Tokyo Disney Resort is the place uh, that starts the lucky bag sales earliest in Japan. So we start right at midnight. People will line up before it's even the new year. And um, on midnight, you'll often see lots of cameras around because it's kind of like the start of the lucky bag sales. Um, it starts at XBRE first. So that's kind of cool if uh, you like to shop, if you wanna, um, if you see a store that you like in general, most things in the store, you're gonna have better luck. You know, um, Los Itens, uh Lucky bag sale is really popular at Xbiari. Um, if you're like, if you live in Japan and you go to coffee shops a lot, uh, Tully's has a really great lucky bag, um, which is a really good value. Um, I don't know, like whatever shop you like the most, give it, check it out. There's different price ranges, you know. Uh, you go to Ginza and you have like some really really fancy lucky bags that uh, cost uh, obviously quite a bit more, you know. But you might find something cool. Yeah, they also have them at the Apple Store in Shibuya. Yeah. Which I don't remember the prices <laughs> for them, but they're rather expensive. I want to say like three or four hundred dollars. Um, no, I think they get up there. Yeah, like they're they're quite expensive, but you can there could be an iPhone in there, there could be a MacBook Pro, there could be an Apple TV, there could be something in there, you know, and with that lucky bag, um, there is always at least uh, the amount that you paid for in the bag, at the very least. So you're, so you're not gonna get like ripped off. So like, let's say you paid four hundred dollars for it. There's gonna be at least four hundred dollars worth of stuff in there. But you might get lucky, and there might be a twenty-five hundred dollar MacBook in there. You don't know until you open it. And people line up ridiculously early for that. I think. Last year, I want to say, like, the Apple Store in Shibuya, people were, all, like, two or three days beforehand, or maybe even longer. Like, they were camped out. Oh, for which sure. Is crazy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it gets pretty popular, so. Uh, it's kind mm -hmm. of an interesting part of uh, Japanese culture, which you actually don't hear that much about, like, in, in guidebooks or anything. So, uh, maybe it might be interesting just to check it out, what all the fuss is about. Um, and we also have some listener questions. Um, Chris, have we been getting a lot of those in? Are we? How's the contest going? Slow and steady. Oh, you guys. <laughs> okay, I know the price is not like amazing, but <laughs> you know. Okay, well, I um, we'll see. It's still going, so uh, we'll be sending some star tours. <laughs> pamphlets out. But um, this question comes from Jody Wish MN. And she says, um, thoughts on single mom and 11-year-old son traveling to TDR alone? Doable. And Jody, this is what I have to tell you. It's totally, totally doable. Especially if you've ever uh, been to a Disney park before. But even if you haven't, you can totally do it. Uh, pick up, uh, go online, print out some maps, look at the attractions. Um, you know, uh, on the English website, they have all that information. And um, uh, I'll tell you, my son is nine. 
And he's, it's super, super easy at this point. Um, so an 11 year old, it should be even easier, right? They're, they're more mature. They're able to wait longer. Um, but you know, you, I, you know, you're probably, you're probably listening and you're like, wait longer. What do you mean? I'm not going to wait five hours for an R2D2 bucket and that's okay. You don't have to. So here's how you avoid that. You get there at least an hour before, like we've said a million times. Um, and for kids, especially because kids don't always ride all the attractions in the park, right? Some kids don't like things that go upside down. Some kids don't like something that has a drop. Um, some kids love roller coasters and they don't like the slow rides. So ask your son or, or daughter for other people that are listening, what are the attractions that you absolutely don't want to do or don't need to do, right? And right away you can eliminate some things and then find out at least their top three must do's in the park. Right? So these are the things that absolutely no matter what you're going to do them. Okay. And already you have kind of like a little bit of a plan. Then go to the website, um, on TDR Explorer and check out the guide for doing the day at the parks and see which attractions are going to run out first. So if your top attractions are, for example, at Disneyland, um, Monsters Inc, Pirates, and, um, let's say, uh, Big Thunder Mountain, right? So you know you're going to have to put priority on the two thrill rides. Uh, not two thrill rides, but put priority on Monsters, Inc. and uh, Big Thunder. And then Pirates can probably wait because it's usually a short wait, right? So check out the plan for that and use it to kind of like plan your day. If you've eliminated the attractions, good, skip it. You know, that means you have more time to do other things. You know, so check that out. I promise you it is not as crazy as um, it sounds sometimes, or it looks on these websites, you see all these pictures of lines and everything. Things are actually quite organized. And if you use your first two hours of the day really well, the rest of the day is gonna be a breeze, I promise you. Chris, any thoughts? No, because you summed it up really well. <laughs> I have nothing to add to that. I have years of experience with the little ones. Yes, you do, more than me. <laughs> <laughs> It's an adventure every day. <laughs> yeah. Usually I just have me and maybe one other person to worry about, never a child. So I don't I don't have too much experience in that in that portion of planning. So <laughs> um speaking of uh the Star Tours contest, um how many pamphlets do you have again? I can't remember. Five. Five? Five. Okay. So guys you're listening send us your question and we will pick people that will get these star tours pamphlets and we all know that you guys love free stuff so it's really easy just send us a question contact at tdrexplorer.com and that's it and our next podcast we will pick winners for the for the uh the pamphlets what's it what's the Sound limit good? what's the limit like the last day um i don't know i'll figure it out <laughs> okay well, well okay the limit okay let's make the limit okay december 31st sure no no sounds good. it's too soon right okay no the, we'll make the limit okay because this new this podcast has been about new year's right so we will make the limit the end of the New Year's holiday at Tokyo Disney Resort, January 5th. 
Sounds good. All right. Okay. That's it. So you guys have to have until January 5th to send in your questions and you better do it because <laughs> I know you're listening. <laughs> we don't mean to threaten you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of you out there listening. I know you're listening. <laughs> All right, guys. So, and thank you for listening, you know, and, and you know, um, we look forward to, to anything from you guys, whether it's comments or um, uh, hate mail or no, not hate mail. Fan mail or <laughs> um, anything, you know. If you wanna, if you just wanna like talk about, you know, Disney in general, like, hey, what's going on at Tokyo Disneyland regarding this holiday, or um, what do you think about like compared to Disney World or, or Paris or Hong Kong, you know, we'll talk about lots of different stuff. Whatever you guys wanna wanna talk or listen to, you know, it, this is your podcast, so you know, thank you. You make it all possible, and, and we wanna we wanna please you. So until next time. So what's going on mm-hmm. next time, Chris? Next time. Okay, so we're going to continue our Tokyo Disney Resort 101. And this time we're going to talk about what to pack when you go to the parks. Oh my god! So we're going to talk about all the stuff that I like to bring, you like to bring to the parks that just make the day much more comfortable no matter what the weather is. You know, for, or for all the different types of weather, seasons, all that kind of fun stuff. Because there's some stuff in there that you probably haven't thought of, but we have some experience, so we want to make sure you guys are super comfortable when you come and visit. <laughs> so make sure you listen to the next episode. And also, we're going to talk about Anna and Elsa's Frozen Fantasy. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people are probably like, oh, really? Come on. Well, it's happening at the park, and we're going to talk about it, okay? <laughs> Regardless if you like it or not, we're going to talk about it. That's what we're going to do. <sighs> okay, so... Where can they find us? You can find us at tdrexplorer.com. Also on Twitter, at tdrexplorer. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash tdrexplorer. And also, don't forget to rate our podcast on on iTunes and Stitcher so other people can find us and you know help them plan their trip to Tokyo Disney Resort. I'm your host and chief content editor for tdrexplorer.com. And yeah, again it's really late and I'm tripping all over my words here. So uh. <laughs> And then uh, and then always my always lovely co-host, Patricia. Bye, guys. Have a good night. Thank you. Happy New Year's. And we will see you in next year. Talking about all kinds of cool stuff at the resort. Exactly. Happy holidays. Happy New Year's. All that fun stuff. And we will talk to you guys soon. And don't forget to send in your questions. Yeah, send them in. It's super easy. <laughs> and you get something for free. Come on. It's ridiculous. Also, New Year's, we got to get rid of all the stuff in our houses because we do the big cleaning in Japan, and I need to get rid of these pamphlets. So send in those questions. Seriously. Keep exploring, guys. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.